0: Log Talk Radio.
1: back in time the seasons past, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron grace. Welcome to gridiron grace football history and its memorabilia on the gridiron Greats publishing and broadcasting network. In conjunction with Swick Enterprises, but we're live from the Southport, North Carolina home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. <laughs> I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since inception in 1869. We cover 150 plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at GridironGratesMagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host, the senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football a memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange and Seattle Seahawks items, in particular Steve Art. Yeah. He has from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squares. Yeah. Welcome to the show this evening.
0: Ah, uh, Captain, great to be on. Great to be on. Great intro, by the way. I, you, I don't know if you noticed the nuances. There's days where you're just on, when it rattles off the tongue, and there's days when you're better than on. I'm still getting used to Southport, North Carolina <laughs> intro instead of Waldport or instead of, uh, you know, Connecticut, you know, just, or <laughs> excuse me, yeah. Just, it's just it, it it still kind of takes me by surprise, Southport, North Carolina.
1: Well, what's interesting about doing the show from down here now? I'm doing it from my man cave upstairs at the new compound, and I'm surrounded with football memorabilia every which way, and it's it's pretty much a mess right now because I'm trying to get ready for the national coming up. So I, I'm sorting stuff, putting stuff in binders, putting stuff in sheets, putting stuff away. So, uh, but I have the feel in this house more so than I had with uh, the old compound in Wallingford because I was doing it in my upstairs office because of the uh, reception issues I had there from my man cave downstairs of that house. So it's interesting. Very interesting. I'm looking.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm staring
1: right now at my run of cards. So it's uh, it's very interesting to say the least. But we're back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, I really share. enjoy it.
0: We, uh, for those of you listening, we have the, a, a text thread that there is, you know, a couple of us co- collectors on that, you know, we just have little jokes and quips about. And uh, every once in a while, somebody will share a picture. You know, it's been really hot, you know, in Southport, North Carolina. So Bob's been sharing temperature, you know, and weather reports <laughs> and, uh, and and we we just share pictures of cards lately, and I I think it was like a couple months ago you got everything set up, and you sent a picture of what your you know your bookshelf looked like. And yep. just you're you're a, you're a very organized man, and it's just kind of fun seeing everything come out of boxes and organized and put the way you want them. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure two pieces of furniture. I still need to get some sort of uh, I don't know some sort of display case or tall shelving unit, and then I got to get a desk for myself. And then once I do that, I can I can eliminate all the other stuff that's uh, every which way. I have a little storage closet here in this room, too, which is nice. So I've got a lot of the inventory in there uh, that I'm selling. So it's nice. It's nice. But getting back to the heat, uh, we actually reached a 108-degree heat index this afternoon. And uh, it was pretty hot, I'll say. I, I ran out to get the mail, and I ran back in. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> But anyways, let's get let's get down to business. And the first we, tonight we're going to be uh, we have a, a wide open forum uh, for our discussion tonight. We're going to go over a variety of different subjects. I want to lead off with talking about the national, and um, I I also want to as I'm talking about the national, I'm also going to mention I I have gotten so many different responses from John Spano's. Uh, Column in yep. the uh, last issue of Gridiron Greats behind the table, and I'd yeah, like to expand expand a little as it applies to the national. And again, we have a lot of advanced collectors listening, so I think some of the stuff I'm going to say is um you know they know already. But we have quite a few younger collectors and uh, beginning collectors in the market. Uh, listening also. So when you look at a national, I truly love the national because there's so much, so many different things to look at, so many different uh, tables to go to, so many different dealers to uh, look at material. A lot of material you really don't see uh, often. A lot of rare stuff, a lot of uh, oddball football stuff, so on and so forth. But the the one thing I'm going to lead off by saying. There's really nothing free in life, and to set up at a national is somewhat expensive. And uh, it's not your local uh, show that's in the Oaks uh, Hall that you're paying $30 a table for. Uh, it's uh, thousands of dollars involved for the table fees, and then you got to figure your uh, transportation to get there, if you're staying overnight, your hotel room, your food that you're going to eat, so on and so forth. So a lot yep. of dealers, when they're setting up for a national, you may be surprised the first couple of days of the show, you're really not getting what you feel are bargains because the dealer is trying to recruit, recoup some of the uh, you know large expenses they have in setting up at a show of that nature. Uh, so, uh, again, if you if you see something that you want, if it's something that you know you need, that one card you need for a set, one program, whatever it is, my, my biggest suggestion is even if you're going to pay a little more for it, I would suggest picking it up on Wednesday night or Thursday or Friday the first time yep. you're in the show because you may go back to it and it's gone and you're going to be real disappointed because that may have been for whatever, the only 1967... Uh, uh, top's card you needed it in the condition you wanted it, and you just couldn't find it in any other show, so on and so forth, or any other dealer. Just pick it up. Don't be afraid to to buy it. And again, I always try to bring a good mix of um, material, but I'm I'm also concentrating on selling Gridiron Greats magazine and the subscriptions to the magazine, and so on and so forth. So um, again, think about that when you go to a, a show such as or a large show such as the National so on and so forth. I'm hopefully going to be doing a show toward the end of the year in Raleigh, North Carolina uh, with another company and um, see how that is and see what kind of crowds they get being more toward Virginia, North Carolina line. But the national this year is in Atlantic City. A lot of West Coast dealers and uh, collectors do not come out. So it's basically a Midwest through New England show and Southern show of dealers and of uh, collectors that come out. So it's interesting to see the mix the the crowd and the mix and it. it's definitely not at all like uh, the um, Chicago National uh, where you see um a lot you know a good mix of people from around the country. So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm also planning on staying through Sunday this year uh just sure. to try to uh, accommodate any of the people uh who can't make it the first four days and they they can only make it on Sunday so we still can see something and see, see inventory and so on and so forth. Because traditionally at yeah. bigger shows, a lot of people just take off Saturday. I know when I'm in Chicago, I'm gone usually Saturday night or Sunday morning, the first thing. Uh oh, interesting. I fly back home, that type of thing. Yeah. So anyways, the, the look, Sundays are definitely
0: dead days at shows. Uh, you know, one of the that, you know, John and I talked about at shows, but I mean, you know, you know, but a lot of times you share a booth with, you know, or you used to share a booth with, uh, you know, Spano and or you know, right. Josh Adams. Right. Um, and so that becomes our little football oasis just hanging out behind there. You know, and they started bringing couches. So it's definitely our little oasis um, is, I mean, you you mentioned, you know, the, the tangible things, you know, the cost to get there, the hotel rooms, the food, the amount of money, you know, the cost of the, you know, the bench. Plus you're hauling a lot of inventory out there. Some of that fragile, Uh, you're either renting displays or bringing displays. Um, But I mean, getting all that inventory out there, keeping track of that inventory, keeping an eye on it so that people don't steal it. Or, you know, you know, John had some, you know, interesting stories about people distracting him on one side, asking about stuff while people are, you know, an obvious, you know, pair working the other half, you know, trying to steal stuff. Um, but the, you know, the biggest intangible that I remember him mentioning once is just how tired, how exhausting it is. Because, I mean, if you've, you know, if you're listening, you probably walked a show or two, but the Nationals on a whole different level. I mean, you know, you know, I've walked it for two, three hours. You're walking through crowds of people, you're bumping shoulders, you're, you know, you're, you're waiting in line to get stuff, you know, uh, looking at display after display, grumpy dealers, et cetera. I mean, it's hard, you know, after about two, three hours, I come and take a break. Uh, Imagine being on, you know, eight hours. I mean, and if you have two people there, it's just having to be on, having to have your wits about you to make sure you're not getting ripped off, uh, you know, answering customers' questions, being, you know, being a nice person. Uh, You know, you have to be on, and that's three days in a row. Uh, You know, it's a lot of work. It's a Herculean effort, you know.
1: Well, the you know the 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 key that I look at it the way I the way I view it is I have only a certain amount of time basically to try to move inventory, sell items, talk to people, so on and so forth. Obviously, it's a couple nights, uh, you know, we have a we have a dinner get together, and I possibly will get together with somebody else, you know, uh, a few other people, friends of mine. The other couple nights, Wednesday is shop because by the time you get in on Wednesday, then you got yes. to set up, it's open up it opens up Wednesday night, uh, which I really never really understood why they would do something like that. I really believe it's, it's, to me, you could do Wednesday as a setup day and then open up early on Thursday morning, and, you know, you're much fresher. This way you're going late into Wednesday night. Many people got to check into the hotel when they get there at that time late at night, and then you're up early in the morning for Thursday and get get back to the, to the center and, and, you know, start basically an eight-hour day. So, um, yep. Eight hours, it's a lot, know, it's geez. a lot of, a lot of work. And the other thing uh, you brought up, which is a very good point, the cost of your inventory that you're bringing, meaning that, you know, you're not going to sell a hundred dollar card that you only paid a nickel for. I mean, that card may have cost you, you may have bought it to resell it or whatever the case may be. You have investments in your, in your inventory. I mean, we, we print great iron greats magazine. Believe me, we, it it's costly to print it and to mail it and to ship it. So, um, you know, there's a cost involved with regards to tables, transportation, housing, food, inventory, so on and so forth. So uh, if, if, you know, everybody like I I said, and you probably saw it today when I said everybody wants a deal. And I agree with that. But again, the buyer and the seller, as John mentioned in the article, they both have to be satisfied in the transaction. And um, just keep that in mind when that grumpy well, dealer doesn't really want to negotiate <laughs> with you on, on a dollar card or whatever at, the case might be. Yeah. Totally. I was sitting at
0: somebody else's table. I think it was Al Christofoli with Love of the Game. I, I was sitting at his, you know, booth once, and somebody came up and, you know, was talking about a card. I don't remember. It was, you know, a baseball card, so I, I tend to forget those things. Um, inferior sport. And uh, and somebody was like, <laughs> well, you have this card here for $800. I can get this for 750 on eBay, or I forget what it was, but it's just such a yeah, you know. And Al responded properly, where he's like, Well, that guy on eBay didn't have to haul, you know, haul his inventory and his ass down here to you know, Chicago and set up, you know. Uh, Plus, let's talk about the risk of buying off of eBay. There is a risk, I mean, you have protections, but there is a risk, uh, you know. So here it is in front of you, you can inspect it. I, I don't know, it's it's uh, you, i think you nailed it and uh I, I remember there was a thread about this you know on uh you know vintage football but it, you know i i learned a long time ago uh just being being fair to people in this hobby uh gets you so far gets you so much traction there used to be a guy I knew who was military and he was a collector and he flat out told me once he's like you know you, you know buying selling in this hobby is like is like a military you know, exercise is like, you know, if you're not winning, you're losing. I I forget, you know, he was like, I have to buy at the lowest and I have to sell at the highest uh, or else I'm not happy. And I was just like, man, what a dick. Uh, But he lost out on a deal once. Somebody was splitting some hall of fame cards up and it was somebody I'd never, you know, I didn't know. And I was, you know, he mentioned he was selling them and I got his cell phone number and called him and he's like, yeah, this person just kind of lowballed me. Uh, and I'm like, well, let's talk about what's fair. And, you know, you want 400 for that? Yeah, that sounds fair. 300 for that? Yeah. You know, we went through, and I think he wanted $3,900 for it, and we ended up at 3800 And he's like, man, this is easy. You know, it took about 10 minutes. And he became a friend. I lived in Arizona, and I yeah. flew down to visit a cousin and, you know, you know, had dinner with him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I don't know.
1: That's how I want to be in this hobby. I think.
0: Is, uh, I think you know, fair.
1: I I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, and again, I, I really hope, um, and I, you know, I, I feel very strongly 99% of the people try to be fair dealer wise and also collector wise. It's just that 1% that drives people crazy, especially at large shows or at small shows or any show you, you set up at. And I, I've been doing shows since the eighties. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> there are some, yeah. some shows, uh, it was comical to deal with, and there were other shows. Uh, I I didn't want to break down and uh, pack up and go home because I was having such a good time. I was selling things, people more than free, or so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. So it'll
1: be interesting to see see what really uh, what kind of feel we're going to get. For well, the you've magic. been doing this
0: a long time too, uh, you know.
1: I mean, you've got to have some.
0: What's the rudest person you've ever bumped into at a show? I mean, where you're just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Get out of here! I mean, you know, John. You know, well, I, you know, John was giving advice on what to do and what not to do. But I mean, you know, you've you've got that experience as well. I'd be curious
1: to know. You know. Well, I I, I normally say no thanks and I just walk away. I I walk to another part of the table. Then <laughs> if the guys guys still yelling at me. Then I just ignore him and that's it. Yeah. And you. Um, you know, I just I, I think as I've gotten older, my my patience kind of wears a little by the end of the day. So, you know, if you want a nickel and dime dime mean fine, but you know, I do still have the option to say no. I don't want to give that away. I just assume give it away for nothing to a little kid type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then then to tend to please somebody who's trying to, you know, try to get the upper hand in the deal. <laughs> so on and so forth. Totally. You know? So uh, it's it's you know, in a way I look at local shows back in Connecticut that I did for years and there were a couple of shows I stopped doing because just of that. It was just, you know, you're getting beat up on prices all day. What's the what's the point of setting up? So on and so forth. Then there were other shows in Connecticut. They had a good following. There were a lot of collectors there. They they wanted, you know, they wanted you to bring the inventory. You brought the inventory. They went through it. They're more than fair uh, pricing. So on and so forth. That's the fun of a show. You know what I mean? The fun of a show is not. Trying to get beat up by somebody across the aisle, and being said, you know, well, I can get the like you said, I can get this on eBay for, and I well, I say, well, get on eBay and get it. Well, what can I say?
0: Go on eBay. Yeah. And get it.
1: I, just buy it. Simple. It's, it's be have, done and over. Have at her. Or... Unbelievable. So yeah. You just but, you just can't compare. Well, anyway, yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. to yeah.
1: take everything. You gotta, Got to take everything with a grain of salt when you're a dealer setting up at a large show or any show whatsoever, even at a a flea market or an antique mall or whatever the case may be. So moving on, I know you want to touch base on some unopened material, and um, why don't we get into that at this time?
0: Yeah, and uh, just
1: uh, one of the uh,
0: pictures I sent out earlier, you know, was just – I just bought a – uh, I, I've mentioned on the show a few times when I'm getting back into unopened wax packs and it's so funny because, you know, seven, eight years ago, I sold all my unopened after a couple of guests were on the show and they talked about the proliferation of, you know, resealed,
1: you know, I even had
0: a couple of experiences of, you know, BBC,
1: uh, you
0: know, you know, sealed boxes that I bought that ended up being fake or somebody was sealing them and, Made their own stickers and force. I mean, it's just if there's a dollar to be made, there's somebody out there, you know, work, working their butt off trying to trying to cheat you of that dollar, and it's it's a little frustrating in our hobby. But anyways, the nostalgia of it outweighs it. I, you know, uh, started buying some unopened wax, and then I ended up with this display, you know, in my office that I really look really love. I'm doing the show in my office right now, and uh, behind me, over my right shoulder is. You know, a glass display case that locks up, and I, you know, uh, seven times three rows, twenty-one wax packs in there, going, you know, all the way back to fifty-two, you know, Bowman small, and you know, all the all the way up to I bought my yeah all the way up to like you know eighty-five, eighty-six tops, and it's just, I really enjoy it. I walk over there, I look at it during boring Zoom meetings, um, you know, stuff like that, and. uh, you know, from wax packs, you start to get into wax boxes, and uh, you know, and I've, I've started to trust BBC, you know, e, you know, shrink wrapping a lot more. You know, they have you know, you know, logos on there now. They've got a hologram sticker on the back that, if you go to his website, you know, the number there correlates to a box uh, that they graded. So it, it's it's getting tightened up a little bit. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. Steve mm-hmm. Hart, you know, leave BBC on the show and. It's him. It's very subjective. It's him looking at every single one and deciding yes or no. I I just sent him uh, six boxes to get graded, uh, and four of them were 79 tops. And he replied back, he goes, three of them are good. You know, uh, two of them are, uh, you know, two of them are good. And he goes, one of your 79 boxes is actually 81 wrapped in 79 wrappers in a 79 box. And he goes, they did that in 79. They kept using the wrappers in the boxes in the 80 and 81. Uh, And he's like, so you got lucky. uh, Yours are 81. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'll take 81 over 79. (laughs) But um, such good customer service. I don't know. It's hard not to, you know, put some weight behind it. But also I started getting into unopened wax cases, you know, just cases of, you know, wax boxes. And the picture I sent out today was an 88. Uh, Tops football wax box, you know, you know case, excuse <laughs> me, with 20 boxes in it. And I just have to laugh because i told the story about meeting a guy in Seattle who sold, you know, like 150 88 Tops wax boxes for $5 each or something like that. And I picked them up in my Ford Bronco and, you know, I didn't realize how much volume and weight those things were. And then had to haul them to my basement, you know, opened about 20 boxes and then eventually sold a, a bunch you know, just, you know, for $10 each. And now here we are, you know, fast forward about six to seven years and a eighty-eight box is worth, you know, $150 if it's in good shape. Right. <laughs> I, just... I,
1: I just, I can't believe that. I just, I don't, I still don't understand, especially for common. and I'm seeing yes. prices for 89 tops and 89 and uh, 90 tops football going through the roof. And what is the reason? I mean, I just don't understand it. It doesn't. Does not make yeah. sense to me? I mean, oh, it's I, who's that? Like 80, 88, I can see a few, a few, you know, star players, the Bo Jackson rookie. But what, why is it worth one hundred and fifty dollars? I mean, again, I remember seeing it at shows for five dollars in clearance, and you know, I'd, I'd buy a box just to open it, just to, to for opening something type of thing. Yeah, crazy.
0: No, That's, I
1: totally doesn't agree. make any sense. Yeah. Uh, 88, uh,
0: you know, to me is the last of the, you know, before it's overproduced. Because, I mean, right. well, you know, 89, you know, you started to get a lot of competition from, you know, others. Uh, and so 88 is the last well, of the the stranglehold to me, you know. That's um, yeah, interesting. The same
1: thing with 88 uh, uh, Fleer in Action, the last uh, set, and the 88 Swell football great. Even those wax boxes point. are start are starting to go up, and I, again, eighty eight swell, which is the football great set, it, it's a reprint set. I mean, what could possibly drive that to make the you know the wax <laughs> box worth that uh, much more money? Eighty eight Fleur I can see to a certain degree because again, it's a, it was a niche market. Uh, you only had twelve years of it. You know, it's the last year of it. If you're putting together a run of wrappers from 76, 88 of Fleur in Action, or if you're putting together the sticker sets, yeah, I can see it going up uh, more and having some value, though. But I just, I just don't buy what I'm seeing in these prices. It's a valid argument that you make, though, and valid analysis, that 88 tops is the end of the era, and that's it. And football cards, basically, for the past 33 years, have never been the same. Since 1989, a Pro Set and Score went on the market. And then the early 90s, where you had uh, an incredible mix of uh, different brands and, and card yeah. companies out there all competing one way or the other. I always said to people, you know what I think is going to be a real sleeper collection in the future? Put together a run of fo- actual football rappers from 1989 to 2022. You probably have literally... Uh, free 400 wrappers to try to collect, try to find them. I mean, they you know, how many people save them? Type of thing. uh, yeah, that to me, the new, uh, new Martin collectible, especially if you're a wrapper collector, one way or the other, yeah. And uh, yeah. it just, it just amazes me, truly amazes me. But I could, I got to congratulate you seeing that, that uh, photo again and seeing the other unopened wax you have and the, the wax pack, so on and so forth. I mean, it's, it's. It's amazing to see; it really is. And again, the
0: market and, is there. You know, and... Yeah, hey, you know what's, you know what, Bob? I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, and it's been six, eight months since I've looked at my 48 leaf set, or since I bought a. You know, we all have our our typical things we look for on eBay. And to me, it's Sunday night. You know, dinner finishes, grab the laptop, watching a movie. You know, with the family. And I just I have my eBay searches and you know your your typical stuff. Yep. I mean we we've all got them. And uh, I used to be a set collector, so I you know had my folder with every set I was working on and what cards I was grinding through. And now it's just you know it's a couple things. Like I out of habit, I still search for forty-eight leaf, you know PSA and SGC graded. But it's been uh, I'll, I'll admit I usually make it about thirty or you know sixty seconds into the search and then stop. Because I'm not interested in collecting it anymore. It's just, you know, just how, you know, the card doctors have kind of taken the taken the joy out of that for me. You know, when you look at a card well, you I see did, a perfect I, card, and instead of going, "That's a beautiful I, card," you're like, "That's obviously been doctored." I mean, which is a sad thing.
1: Well, again, I, I you know, you, you mature as a collector, and you want to collect different things. You want to go to a go to a different avenue, something that. You know, you hit the nail right on the head. I don't, you know, I want to collect something that I enjoy. I want to collect something that's fun, or whatever the case may be. And it's not what I have been collecting in the past. And and again, I'm only, you know, looking for a handful of things now for my collection because I really, what else am I going to collect? Yeah, there's certain things I, I I'm, you know, I still want to try to find. But unpacking this whole experience has just proven to yeah. me a. I, I I can't believe how much inventory I actually have and B um I, I, I just I say to myself, I, I think I got a full retirement job for the next ten years to try to really sell off or indoor trade the <laughs> stuff I'm not collect, not collecting anymore. And and again, I I will point out I wanna really try to get a better read when I'm in Atlantic City at the National, what's going on with football publications. So we're just looking at uh, early NFL programs and or indoor programs from 1969 and back, uh, what's going on with Street and Smiths, what's going on with the Illustrated Football Annuals, <clears throat> Stanley Woodward football, so on and so forth, media guides and the like. And uh, when now we see most teams are not publishing actual printed media guides that go into PDF files, what does that really mean for printed matter? In the, oh, yeah. in the hobby and i really believe it's it's exceptionally undervalued right now because it's continuing to dry up and again we've talked about this a hundred times and we talked about it once items before 1945 are rare in my opinion uh there's just not a lot out there and as much as people say well there's you know no demand for it one way or the other well i i tend to disagree with that as New collectors come in the hobby as collectors mature and want to collect something else. They branch off into publications, they branch off into ticket stubs, so on and so forth. So, uh, it'll be interesting. I want to get, I want to try to get a feel. I want to talk to a few publication dealers that I know will be setting up there and see what they say. And I could be surprised. They may be telling me, you know, it's never been better. And then I'll say, well, you're going to take a ride over to my house then and, and look at what I got. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like I've said, I'm really enjoying it. I love, you know, I mean, and we're all gambling. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm online looking for low hanging fruit. When I, uh, you know, I've started to know what the prices of an, an open, you know, BBC graded, you know, box should be. So I'm constantly looking for them, watching them. Once in a while you find a case, you know. Um, you know, and then uh, every once in a while I will roll the dice on, a, you know, on an unauthenticated, you know, seventy nine, eighty four, you know, whatever it is, wax box. And then I mm-hmm. have a little bit of wiggle room. I get it, I inspect it, and, and then I send it off to Steve Hart as quick as possible. Um, but well, like, my, like I said, I just sent is, off. Go for it.
1: My question is. And explain to our audience what does he actually do uh, with that seventy nine rewrap of the eighty ones i'm curious about yeah. that I, I know he mentioned it on the show, but let's let's refresh our listeners' memory there yeah well i don't know but they, they must have printed
0: a lot of uh, extra inventory in seventy nine or the that wasn't very popular and it didn't sell but um You will find 1980 football wrapped in 79 wrappers and in a 79 box. You will find 1981 wrapped in 79 wrappers in a 79 box. just not as common. So it seems like they were just trying to get rid of all the inventory rather than throw it away. Think about how little money there is for a 0.5-cent wrapper or whatever it costs to make that. They felt compelled to reuse it. Um, But uh, what he does is he he, B-B-C-E shrink wraps that, and on the label on the back, he says, 79 wrappers, 81 cards. He has wording for it. And he emailed me and he goes, uh-huh. you got lucky. Let's all label that. And he goes, um, in box two, you know, it was 79 and it was perfect. It looks good. And he goes, box three, you had uh, 33 good good packs and three bad. And in box four, you had... The other way around 33 bad and three good so he took it he goes i took the three good and put it in the you know box three and sealed it and i'm going to send you a box with 39 bad 79 wax packs he goes and i know this guy's work uh he's in pennsylvania etc and and i'm like well it looks like we're doing a wax pack rip you know at the at the next national i sent him a picture of my son xander doing a wax rip at a national and i go this is how we do it so i'm like Next national, I'm bringing a resealed box of '79, and I'm gonna tell everybody it's resealed, and we're gonna open it up and check it out.
1: Check it out. It'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be a fun uh, yeah. fun rip to say the least. So well, and and people it, and who are again, in the know, it, well, no, I I remember
0: your '65 Philly, you know, pack that I got you, yep. and you opened it. You immediately looked yep. up. You're like, this is bad. I mean, you've opened enough to know immediately. Um, you know, I, I, yep. I, 79 is when I started ripping. I just wasn't paying attention. I wish I would have.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I can I can remember back in the 70s. I, I, you know, opened a lot of wax. And at the same time, I remember more 81, 82, 83 opening. And I remember the, the return boxes that I opened over the years, the ones that had the big black uh, mark through them which got sent back to TAPS, and then it was resold. Yep. But it, you used to see yeah, them in the yeah, shows all, yeah. <clears throat> for $5, $10 a box. And if I saw them, I would buy a box or two, so on and so forth. And, again, quick story, which, which I'll never forget. At one show, I bought a box, a single box of 1986 TAPS uh, football, okay? And this was probably in 87. It had the black mark in it, so on and so forth. I paid $5 for the box. Uh, fast forward, maybe 90, 91, uh, I, I'm at a show. The guy's asking me, how much do you want for the box? I said, well, make me an offer. And he said, I'll give you a – and again, this is right as the explosion is happening. And uh, he offered me $140 for the box, which I thought was incredible. So I took it because I figured I made $135 on the box. Little, you know, Did I know if I held it longer? Uh, we're talking serious money, oh, yeah. getting it wrapped, you know, certified, so on and so forth. But that's the way it was back then. I mean, you know, it, it was an incredible sum of money to me, even though it's insignificant yeah. today. You know, to buy something for five dollars and sell it for a hundred forty type of thing. It's truly amazing. I always found that to be amazing yeah. with those uh, return boxes. And I can't tell you how many well, return here. boxes I, I bought, bought and sold over yeah. the years either
0: massive discount for the X-Out boxes. I mean, 30%. Yep. And it's so fascinating to me because it's the same damn wax packs inside. Uh, you, you know, who who cares yeah. if there's an X-Out of your box? Um, I had an 86 Tops wax, you know, speaking of your story, an 86 Tops wax football that was B-B-C-E graded that was X-Out. And uh, so I was buying something, and the guy had uh, an 86 wax box that he'd ripped. She's like, all the cards are in there. I took the rice out, you know, the Jerry Rice out. So he was selling it with something else I wanted, so I bought it. But his wax box was non-X-out. I sent the non-X-out empty box and the X-out, you know, BBC sealed box to Steve, you know, to Steve Hart with, you know, with a couple other boxes like a year ago, just saying, hey, you graded this X-out. Can you open it, put the 36 packs in the non-X-out? And then uh, you can keep the X out box and then reseal it. And he did. So I ended up with a non. <laughs> I mean, it's a vanity thing, you know, to have a non X out box. But I mean, no, yeah, you know, yeah. I think I got I think I got the box for thirty dollars, and you know, and I got it for you know six hundred dollars cheaper because it was non X out. Funny. Right,
1: right, right. It's you know again. I, I agree with you. The X out box, the black mark on the box, is really meaningless because you're more concerned about the material in it. However, for purists, they want a they want a real wax box Absolutely. Like type Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, and I vaguely remember eighty six was the last year they stopped doing the X outs. I don't remember ever seeing eighty seven wax with the X's on it. I could be wrong, but I just I just don't remember uh, at all. And again, eighty eight, I, I don't ever remember an X out after So eighty six to me is the is the last year. I never thought about that. Yeah. I, I don't think I've
0: noticed it, too. I think you're right. So, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm enjoying it. And I, the one thing I didn't send the picture of, I have a, I mentioned in a text thread, I'm, you know, a, in my office, I have a basement that's, you know, concrete, you know, my office. And there's a stairway that goes downstairs that's surround you know, it's basement or it's concrete, you know, ceiling, all three sides. And uh mm-hmm. you know it's you, you know and it, it's an impenetrable fortress, and uh you know there's only you know we have a master keys. so there's only about three people to key. and uh I keep most of my uncut sheets all of them actually in there. I built a shelf, mm-hmm. a little weighted uh a little weighted you know melanine board that I put on top of it with uh some stuff, so when somebody sends me a rolled you know sheet, I roll it out, uh put a weight on it you know, if you know a couple of tiles on it to for a little while and then the next time I go down there I slip it under the melanin board. Uh and the the one thing I didn't send in that picture was off to my left is where I keep all my wax boxes since I moved them out of our house since when when we had that fire. So that's uh that's become mm-hmm. my my football room. It's kinda of funny.
1: <laughs> so you're you're in good shape there. That's the big thing. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Un- uncut sheets are my other you know, baby. I mean, it's, uh, it's the one thing in this hobby that can't be, that can't be faked, ripped off doctored, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'd give mm-hmm. my hat to someone if they can, if they can, you know, glue or tape together, uh, you know, I mean, a, a bunch yep. of cards and, uh, you know, and, and somehow slip it by, it'd be almost impossible. So, I mean, so that's, uh, that you know the uncut sheet, the sanctity of that. Knowing that it's you know some of them are old enough, you see tears and you know you know stuff like that. But you just you you recognize that when you're buying them and how to take care of them. I just bought a 1960 Fleer uncut, you know about uh, nine months ago. When I was unrolling it and trying to you know and trying to uh, flatten it out, it didn't want to flatten out. It just where 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 it had a lot of memory on a roll when I was trying to flatten out. It just ripped. I'm like, okay, that won't quite do it. So I just kind of did it in phases. I rolled out part of it and weighted it down and, and just kind of moved the thing around. But it now I ended up with a big rip right down in the, the middle that's about a foot long because it you know, just boy, it had been rolled up so long and so dry that uh, it just stuck there. Correct.
1: Well, that's interesting. You know, the 60 clear, um I actually pulled over the years many strips. Um, Five,
0: yeah, in strips. Yeah,
1: I uh, so you I, know. I um, sold many strips of uh, sixty flares, and I think a lot of it had to do with the cracking of it. I really believe that. So, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I wonder. That's a good point
0: because I've seen uh, like two or three of those as well. You're absolutely right. Where it's cut into strips, I've never understood why it's cut into strips, but um, yeah.
1: I, yeah, that, that, of, that might make, make make a lot of sense right now because the the whatever they used for uh, stock dried out over the years badly, and probably got a lot of cracked sheets like that. So people were cutting them into and again. I distinctly remember a ten card sheet, uh, ten card cut, and a five card cut. So um, you could probably do the same with yours. You never know. <laughs> so, I and, I would rather have good.
0: a full sheet with a tear down the middle than cut it up.
1: Uh, yeah, I you know, my, I, I don't
0: I try not to have a lot of regrets, but my one regret is missing that 1926 you know sports card of America uncut sheet that was blank back. Yeah, that was what 13 yep. years ago, and I still remember it and shake my head. Uh, I I don't I don't remember what auction house that they had it listed in baseball. And I, I don't sift through baseball, you know, category very often, but they just had it listed in baseball, so I didn't even see it. So, you know, right. for, for the last decade, out of habit, now I go through the first couple pages of, you know, baseball, just to check and see if there's anything that they, you know, forgot to cross over. So, right,
1: right. So yeah. hopefully it'll come back at, at some point. You never know. Um, all right, as we it down, we got about – 18 more minutes left in the show uh, touched upon the national. We touched upon on the open, we touched upon uh, sheets question. And we talked about this briefly before. What's your opinion of what's going on in the modern card market? Do you mm-hmm. think it's collapsing? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Good point. I mean, and I just, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I brought that up on, you know, vintage football, it was, you know, I just, I, I literally noticed a an auction that opened up. Um, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, you know, a uh, membership or whatever you want to call it, a, a bid profile, yeah, golden yeah. auction. I just, you know, I vomited a little bit yeah. in my mouth, you know, thinking. But um, I, I still check it out. And uh, it's like, like golden just opened, I filtered through, looked at the football, and there were 79 football items for sale, um, four pages, you know, 20 each, and I sifted through all four pages, and there were two things that were uh, older than, uh, than, than that, that were, you know, issued before 2000, an 81 Montana rookie card and 86 rice card, all the rest was shiny and modern. And uh, so the 77 modern stuff that was 2000 and older and, you know, most of the 2000 stuff was, you know, you know, was your Tom Brady stuff. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible. I mean, you know, if if you haven't noticed, you know, basketball has taken a massive surge. Uh, It used to be, you know, you know, um, you know, hockey, you know basketball you know it used to be in this order baseball football you know basketball hockey the big four Uh, and if if there were if there were 100 you know baseball sets there were you know 50 football you know 25 basketball and 10 hockey i mean just kind of those ratios Mm -hmm. i remember looking at them once Mm -hmm. and literally now it's modern shiny basketball I mean, I don't know where that happened. You know, was it with the, you know the last dance, the Michael Jordan, you know, ESPN thing during the pandemic? Uh, who knows? But basketball now accounts—it's massive—and uh, then sure. being drug sure. along with that, it was you know bright and shiny, you know, uh, you know, modern football. Um, and a lot of yeah. it boils down to the the face cards. It's you know, it's uh, you know the Tom Brady golden ticket you know, legends thing, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. And it, just, it's, it, it's, it kind of stunned me.
1: I think what's going to be interesting in the long run is I really believe that, um, you know, again, we're going through another bubble, especially with modern football. I, vintage football is pretty well protected one way or the other. But I think more football, the, the bubble is approaching rapidly. Um, I know at the National, I'm going to see all the tables set up for the pack rips, so on and so forth, on so many different brands and types of football cards, so on and so forth. I'm sure there's still going to be people buying it and waiting and running to get them uh, graded, so on and so forth. But I just can't see it sustainable. I really can't. And uh, you know, we mentioned, why Why would you spend $100,000 on a modern-day card? Obviously, mm-hmm. you've got that much money to spend on it. It's immaterial to you whether you spend 100000 or $1 million on it. You know what I'm saying? But to a true collector, a real collector, they're saying to themselves, this is not possible. This this doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So that's why I feel the, the, we're definitely yeah. on a bubble And it's uh, going to pop a lot lot quicker, I think, than what people imagine. Is it
0: slowing down happen? Is it slowing down? Because Leland's um, had another one of those 2,000 playoff contender championship ticket Tom Brady rookie cards. Yep, yep. The golden ticket one. Um, There's 100 of them that were made. This is about the 12th one that Leland's sold. So uh, last last week – uh or a couple of days ago excuse me they sold they sold one And this is the you know the highest uh you know the most you, you want to talk about the most expensive football item in history uh you know mm-hmm. from you know from game used memorabilia cards you name it uh you know Joe Namath jersey in the Super Bowl none of it would touch what this you know, two thousand playoff contender Tom Brady championship ticket would go for. So they just sold one. Mm-hmm. It was graded a BGS seven with a ten for the autograph. Tom Brady's autograph looks like crap. So I mean, I you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to grade his autograph on a one to ten. But it was a seven. The eight sold for you know one point four million. The nine sold for two point five million or whatever it was. Uh, and here's a seven. Uh, it sold for uh five hundred and thirteen thousand, one hundred and two. 102 yes a lot of money wow. But, wow uh that includes the you know that includes the hammer so minus you know minus 20 points off of that so it's probably you know 450 plus 94 40 or so so that is mm-hmm. probably you know a year ago this was probably a seven or eight hundred thousand dollar card and now it's 513 right. so i mean are uh, you know is the discretionary income slowing down? Is our interest rates rising? Where people, I mean, you know, the, you know, you're you're a different kind of collector if you're you know stroking a check for two million dollars to buy a uh, you know a Tom Brady card like that. So I mean, you know, is, is this all, you know, people, you know, chasing a lottery ticket? I mean, who knows? And there's only Correct. so many people out there who can. So suddenly, you see one of these go for five thirteen. You're like. That's still about three hundred thousand more than it should be, but who knows right 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 you know, it, 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 yeah.
1: just, it just truly amazes me to see that kind of money for those kind of cards, and again yeah. we you know we we can argue this uh, you know to the sunsets, is it good for the hobby or is it bad for the hobby and you know again, well, somebody getting into the hobby for the first time, they may just say to themselves gee i'm never going to I will never collect." those big-name cards. I'll never collect a card that's over $100 in value, you know, that kind of situation. Yep. And, you know, you can't box out in the hobby the beginning collector. And, again, you got to throw, throw away my collecting experience because you're never going to see that again. You're going to set a kid out with, you know, 50 a $100 at a show, and hopefully he gets a, a, a good mix of cards or packs for his collection. Totally. Type of thing as totally. com- as compared to five dollars, you know, thirty years ago for Coronella. So yep. uh, well, it's, it's the perspective and the and what is going on with the with the market market, uh, and again, fanatics taking over the market. I really would like to see what's going on. We know already they're going to be producing college football cards, which is exciting to hobby because uh, you know we haven't really seen any college cards for years now. And that's going to bring back some people back into the hobby. It'll be interesting to see. But at the same time, what is going to be the long-term implication of a card selling an auction for $2.5 million? And what happens if a yes. year from now it's only worth 500000 You know what I mean? That's a big hit. You're not talking a $20, $30 hit. You're talking uh, a $2 million uh, hit.
0: Yeah, well, in that same auction, just to put things in perspective, um, and that same auction was a 1916 M101 Babe Ruth rookie card when he's a pitcher, right, right. you know, for the head it, right. it was an ugly one. It had a, a crease in it. It was a 1.5 SGC that sold for a quarter million dollars. So there yep. you've got, yep. you know, a, a pretty poor, you know, Babe Ruth card that sold for half of what that Tom Brady did. Um, and in the same, you know, just to, you know, a, again, you know, put things in perspective, um, you had, uh, well, there was a Justin Herbert, and I'm looking for it. I'm on the Leland's. Oh, they don't even list it as football, do they? Yeah, they do. Come on. Uh, hang on a second. I just saw it. I wanted to zoom in on it. And the same auction, a 2020 Panini Contenders Optic Gold Vibe. I mean, it's, it's getting ridiculous, just the subsets here. Bob, listen to this. I'm going to tell yeah. you. This is a Justin Herbert card. Obviously, a University of Oregon star. Uh, I, being a, a Duck fan, love Justin Herbert. But listen to this: 2020 Panini, uh, 2020 Panini Contenders, Optic Football, Gold Vinyl, Autographed.
1: Number <laughs> one,
0: number one I mean, I was just like, what? In the, is there a 2020 Panini? Uh, contenders Optic Football Silver Vinyl autograph I mean, who knows It's just It's, it, it's, uh, it's aggravating Just these little subsets. Uh, Yeah. It's Give me her. a 1977 I mean, Topps number 177 You know, larger card here, here, But uh, it had an opening bid This 2020 Panini Contenders Optic Football Gold Vinyl number 104 Justin Herbert rookie autograph card uh, Had an opening bid of 15000 and it did not Get the opening bid uh so that was interesting to me and there was one other weird football chase card that didn't quite get it uh where was it anyways yeah there was there was a couple of them that didn't make the minimum and it looks like uh i remember there were more than one and also i'm seeing some low bids so i wonder if uh you know, some I'm wondering if Leland's reached out to somebody and said, you know, make us an offer. You know, if, if the opening bid is 15, how does 10 sound or something like that? Because there were three or four yeah. that didn't meet for the opening bid. I was like, that's kind of embarrassing. You know. So,
1: so you know, again, again, you got to look at you got to look at that somebody opened a pack probably or was in a pack rip. They bought that spot. Yes. got the card. They paid X amount of dollars for it. They're saying to themselves, I could be set, making, picking up a quick five ten thousand dollars and this is what I'm going to do, and that's it. And, you know, again, it, it's it's inevitable. The lottery feel, you know, opening up a pack turned into yeah. buying a lottery ticket because you don't know what you're going to get into And I know the stuff I opened this past summer and fall that I bought while I was down here while we're waiting for the house to be finished, I, I just I, I said to myself, this is utterly ridiculous. I mean, it makes no sense to me to spend this kind of money and open these packs in hope that I'm going to get something that has some value to it. It just makes no sense to me, knowing, knowing full well, there's no possible way I can put a set together by opening packs because of all the short prints, and, and that's what it just amazes me of where the hobby went in 40 years or you know in 30 30 plus years of the expansion of the explosion of football cards it's crazy yeah truly really crazy all right <laughs> uh, but yeah we're down to about we're done hold on hang on one second we're down to about five and a half minutes again if you are not a subscriber to gridiron grades magazine what are you waiting for check out our website magazinecom and uh also please know with the new increase in postage it's coming up July 10th. I'm going to inevitably have to increase my subscription rates for the first time in 13 years. So if you're, if you're thinking about resubscribing or you want to add a year or two to your subscription, by all means, please do it now. Uh, I'll have more information at the national as far as where we're going with it. Back to you, Joe. Excuse me. Uh, and final thoughts great on grace. the
0: bargain market. Great grace is such a value having, I mean, the amount of work and love that goes into you know, at, you know, a quarterly, you know, subscription like this. I mean, between, you know, you and Brenda, I mean, working tirelessly on this thing, and Jared, you know, working on illustrations, covers. It's just and all the people writing for it. It's such a labor of love. Uh, I mean, and it, it, it's such a value. If you're if you're a football collector and you're not a subscriber, you know, what are you waiting for? Is the gentle way to say it. I mean, it's like, you know, what what the hell are you thinking? Is is the better thing. It's such a good value. I I honestly thought you should have raised prices years ago. I mean, this should be—you could easily charge fifty, sixty dollars, you know, for this and and for an annual subscription. To me, it's still a value for the content that's coming out. It's amazing. Uh, Uh, We uh, we
1: just picked up a new—we just picked up a new subscriber, and I'll, I'll just use his first name, Frank. And he said, I can't tell you. He he found my he found us through a, a site that we advertise on uh, an auction site. And he said, I can't tell you how happy I am holding a magazine in my hand again, and reading about football. He says, I can't tell you how happy I am. Uh, and he subscribed for the two years. I sent him a few back issues, and he's going to get the back run from our issues from 23 up. And right. he just said, I I'm just I can't be any happier and uh if you if you're that type of person who likes to hold that magazine and you're not a subscriber absolutely. what are you waiting for uh, all right we're, we're running frank, we're getting, did, getting low on time so martin let's wrap martin and then we'll go into our two-minute warning
0: yeah uh, and first Your of all ask, did frank specifically did frank specifically say I, I love holding this magazine by the way that article on the 89 you know uh or the 76 seahawks you know, that that yep. really that set the hook and really lured me in.
1: That was a great article. Okay. Again, I like reading about oddball, unusual, uh, vocal, <laughs> no, 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 no. regional types of sets in football. I mean, God. to me that's the greatest part of the of the uh the hobby. I don't care what anybody says. I wouldn't be doing my I wouldn't be doing it's my great. job if I didn't get a Seahawk or a larger
0: joke in you know, per episode. So <laughs> I know. I know. Uh
1: modern. I, I, I appreciate
0: it. it. So it, it is, just to put a bow on it. I, first of all, I feel like we're two old men sitting on our porch bitching about, you know, modern pricing. I, I don't want it to turn into that, you know, but, you know, you, you shake your head at, you know, modern prices, and now all of a sudden we're seeing them creep down a little bit, and you're you're wondering what the bubble was that buoyed those prices up and, you know, and, and what the future will hold for that. So I, I guess I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to go into our two-minute warning quick uh what you pick? What did you pick up on tonight's show, Joe? Oh, it's
0: it, it, it's always just a pleasure, you know, talking hobby with you, Bob. It really is. Uh, Southport, North Carolina's, you know, it's 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 starting to it's starting to become comfortable. I'll get used to it instead of Wallingford, <laughs> Connecticut. It's just been so ingrained in me. but uh, so, you know, I'll get there over time, and uh, just. It's been a couple weeks, so it's really good to get back on the hobby horse and talk talk football with you,
1: Captain. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we're going to get a couple more shows in for June, and then July we're going to be uh, more closer to the national. We'll talk about a few things there. With a minute and a half left, my pick on tonight's show, I'm still amazed at where Unopened Wax went, including the 88 Tops. I love your Uncut Sheet collection. One day I got to get out to the West Coast trip. From Mike Blaisdell down to you, down to Brenda's <laughs> niece, and Todd, Todd Tobias with Lance Allworth buying us lunch, and then heading <laughs> home here. So it is what it is, well, and that's it. are right, we got one minute left. One minute. Final thoughts, Joe.
0: If you, if you, one of these days, if you pull the trigger on that West Coast trip. You'll you'll have a place to stay. I'll uh will you know if you fly in I'll pick you up. I'll uh, give you the concierge service,
1: Captain. We'll be we'll be doing the West Coast uh, crawl and uh, we'll hit as many vineyards as we can also along the way. Great show, Joe. Thanks for being on. Thanks for all our listeners and thanks to all our subscribers to Gridiron Greats magazine. Hopefully we'll be back next week with a very interesting show that we're working on as we speak. Until that time, thanks for listening. Check out our website again: greatirongreatsmagazine We'll see you. Thanks. Ba, 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 ba.